Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. You can learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us on Sunday mornings at El Dorado High School in the Performing Arts Center at 9 and 11 a.m. Testing. There we go. Good morning, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. My name is David Robles. Honor of hosting you this morning. Welcome to Vox. Vox is Latin for voice. And this morning we have Chanel who's going to come out and share her story about how, uh, how God has uh, influenced her life. And we'll be able to hear that in a few. But again, I want to thank you guys for being here. I have a picture that's going to come up right now. And um, this is Mike, Andy, and Cece. They're actually right now uh, running uh, what's called the Spartan Race. It's them three and some other uh, crazies from Vox that are doing this. And it's about a three-mile run with 30 obstacles. Anybody here know what a Spartan race is? Has anybody ran or run a Spartan race? All right. I started training. I got sick, and then I had to drop out. So, But I chose wisely. I chose to be here with you. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's where they're at. Uh, I hope they don't get hurt because we need them, and uh, we'll pray that they're, that, that they're safe. So thanks again for being here this morning. This is Chanel. She is going to share her story for us this morning, and um, we prayed for her this morning. I know she's not nervous because she's been on stage all her life, but uh, she's going to open us up this morning and share a little bit about what, 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 what's going on. So everybody welcome Chanel this morning. Well, sometimes we start kind of like a meeting of such, and I would say my intro would be, hi, I'm Chanel, and I don't fit in. Um, I grew up in San Dimas, California, a little bit north from here, and um, moved to Newport when I was in high school. It was a fairly easy transition for me. Um, I had a pretty normal, happy upbringing, no huge bumps in the road. Luckily, I'm very, very fortunate um, in that regard, but I just never really fit anywhere. If I was in a group, I was kind of on the outside of the group, not really with the, the core, quote-unquote, popular kids or what have you. Um, I don't think I really have unusual tastes or interests that would put me outside of that. My husband might disagree with that. But um, I do have just kind of this outside fringe thing going. So in high school, I was very studious, and I'm very good at administrative kind of things, so kind of those backgrounds things that no one likes to do. <laughs> so that often meant I was the nerd. I was called Walking Dictionary in eighth grade. And I took the very unglamorous behind the scenes jobs in my clubs and sorority um, activities. I grew up Catholic and I'm super blessed by the faith I gained growing up Catholic. Um, I wouldn't change how I grew up and what I learned. Um, I stayed an extra year in high school CCD because I really enjoyed learning, again, nerd alert. Um, I just wanted to keep learning about Jesus and um, the incredible things that he did. Um, I often, throughout high school and later, um, found myself defending my Catholic faith and my faith in Jesus in general um, to all people, to um, Catholics, to Christians, to non-Christians. Um, just kind of always felt like I was kind of targeted out to explain why I felt this way and what it meant. And I always tried to give the best answer I could, uh, but I grew up really secularly. I didn't listen to Christian music. 
I didn't read my Bible at home. I read it at church and, and CCD and learned a lot, but I, at home it was normal pop music and movies, and I'm a huge movie person, so I'm, that's kind of where my realm was. So I didn't have like, well, if you turn to Matthew, blah, 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 I can tell you why I feel. So when I started going to a, a Christian church, I felt really intimidated because I didn't have that background. I didn't really fit in because I didn't grow up listening to the fish or things, and I just didn't have that same background. So I kind of felt, again, on the outside of yet another group that I was part of. And I also, because of my Catholic faith um, growing up, I didn't know, don't rail against it. I don't speak bad about it. That's given me issues with other Christians, and um, I also hold the affirming view on LBGQ TQ individuals, which has had led me to have problems with leadership and how they've tra treated me and excluded me from doing certain things that other parishioners have been allowed to do um, because without really saying that's why, but at the bottom, um, it, that's the main reason why. But the main reason I'm talking today about my differences is my family um, has contained psychics and mediums. My grandmother was a medium, kind of like Ghost, um, Whoopi Goldberg's character. She would have people speak through her. I witnessed it on many occasions. And I also saw spirits as a young girl um, in my house around town. I'd say, oh, there's man walking a dog. But there would be no man walking a dog um, to anyone else. Um, I didn't think anything of it. It was my normal life. Um, it was how I was raised. And um, I started seeing less as you get older. They say as you get older, you're more jaded and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, my grandmother had some books um, by a spiritist, that, but they were in Spanish because she's um, from Cuba and had them growing up. I couldn't read them because I can't read Spanish. So I found some in English when I was an adult and decided to learn more about it. Again, it was my normal upbringing. It was still, it didn't conflict with my faith um, because it was integrated in the way that it was presented to me. And when I started reading the introduction of the book, I just felt awful and icky and just creepy. And there was just, I couldn't shake it. Um, the part of the intro is saying that once you open the door to the spirit realm, if you will, um, it's open for whoever is there. It's not just open for who you hope to open it for or who you're going through. It's open. And that is a big, scary thing. And so I kind of just shoved the books down in a corner and didn't look at them for a long time. Um, later, I knew I needed to do something about it, so we went to talk to our then pastor, and most of the time when I've told people, um, believing or not, they kind of look at me like, okay, sure, smile and nod, okay, we'll just continue the conversation about something else. They don't really believe that I saw spirits or things. It's not common, and it's kind of unusual for most people, so... Luckily, our pastor had um, experience with spiritual warfare personally, so he could speak to the situation um, from a place of knowledge of firsthand. And he's affirmed my feelings of kind of ickiness and fear and that this is something that could be potentially harmful. So 
I threw away the books because it felt like it was Jumanji, like thumping in the background. So I got rid of them and I closed that door spiritually and figuratively for my family, um, my immediate family, my husband, and now our daughter. Um, that's, it's not inherently evil, um, but it can lead to really scary, dangerous things. And I would rather keep it closed than to expose myself or my family to anything that I could have been exposed to by my family's openness to it. Luckily, I was very fortunate that nothing really scary happened as a child, but it definitely could have. And I'm glad that I can close that door for my daughter. And lots of other things have happened in my life, but now I'm at Vox, and um, my husband and I had heard the podcast, and we've been coming since the first Friends and Family Weekend in May. Um, we now um, volunteer. I'm on the children's staff doing toddlers. My husband's um, up doing tech right now. And um, I'm excited that as I continue to grow in this community, I'm starting to find a tribe and that these words, safe to belong in the back of my shirt, are real. It's not just a cutesy little slogan that we like to say. It's real. I had many instances of we trust you, even though I just met you. And that kind of faith and encouragement in a community um, of people that don't always have like-minded opinions is what I was searching for. We don't have to agree on every single thing, but to love and support each other is the biggest goal and what I'm feeling like my whole life is right now with this, this climate is we don't have to agree, we just have to love each other. Um, and I leave you as I go with my favorite verse that kind of pops up whenever things like this happen in my life. It's uh, 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And I hope with Fox that I can share that reason um, with more places I fit and more places I don't fit. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, we're glad that she's here. We're glad that she's part of the family. And I want to pray over her. And uh, I want to pray over um, your life. God will continue to use you. Father, thank you for Chanel. God, thank you that she is here sharing her story, Father. And like all of us, she's in process, Father, getting to know you. Um, and God, I pray that you would use her life, Father, um, like you did this morning. Uh, to some, this is crazy, uh, but God, it's normal to you. And you love her, and you desire a relationship with her. And Lord, we thank you for uh, people like Chanel who are sharing their story, Father, uh, where they're at, Father. That's encouragement to us, God. And we continually pray that we would be able to just offer a place that is safe to belong. That people would come and understand, Father, that, God, you are the pursuer of us. And you are the restorer of us. And we thank you so much for people like Chanel um, who call Vox their, our, her home, Father. And uh, use her mightily, Father. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Have a great morning, guys. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you. And here we go again with the mic. <laughs> These things don't like me. That's why I shouldn't be up here in the front. Um, thanks, Izzy. Love you. Um, we have a special guest coming to, to bring us some, some words. And uh, before she comes up, I have word that the team is running the race. Mike is attempting to pull himself over a wall, but has opted out to do 30 burpees. Um, 
those who know Spartan know that you can opt out of a, something to do 30 burpees, but I just made that up, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to be funny here. Uh, anyways, uh, before uh, Megan comes up, we, I just want to let you know that uh, she will be setting us up for communion, and communion is open for all. Um, it's a place where you can come and uh, take and partake, and uh, there'll be people up here serving communion uh, to you and uh, available to pray if you have a need to do that. And if for any reason you want to give uh, financially as part of worship, we have some uh, boxes by the door, some participation boxes for you uh, to participate there. Um, and uh, thank you for that ahead of time. So without further ado, let's bring Megan out. She's going to bring us uh, some words this morning. And uh, all the way from Hume Lake, <laughs> Megan. Hello. Good morning. I was waiting on the Lord which is a hard posture for me this morning, waiting. How good are you at waiting, by the way? Yeah, no. <clears throat> so, but I was like, Lord, I want to wait on behalf of you, this service. What do you want to say, Lord? And here's the weird question that came to my brain. I wrote it down. Do you ever feel crazy? Isn't that a weird one? Usually it's something a little bit more <laughs> like... Like, or what I would assume is God-honoring. But that question just kept coming to you. Do you ever feel crazy? And I kept thinking, if I'm honest, yes, I do feel crazy sometimes. In fact, <laughs> a few years back, I remember I had to uh, catch a, a plane. And I had to actually, weirdly enough, catch two planes in one day. I had to go from San Francisco, LAX, LAX to New Hampshire. And I remember on my way to the flight, I, my mom's a flight attendant. And she always told me to get places to, to the airport two hours early. Just be respectful. Don't get there late. Just two hours. I'm like, great, great, great. So, you know, hour 15, that's enough, right? So I was on my way to the airport, and I was going to get there with an hour 15. And so last minute, I checked my flight, and I was like, my flight's at 1, my flight's at 1, my flight's at 1. My flight's at 12. <laughs> By the time I was going to get there, I would have 17 minutes before my flight's taking off. Is that enough time? Yeah, no. So I remember, I remember telling my friend, like, Go straight to the airport, trust me, we gotta go to the airport. So we, I remember we drove up to the airport, I jump out, run to the kiosk, and I put my little information in, and it's like, blink, 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 you need to be, be here at least 40 minutes in advance. And I'm like, ah! So I run up to the random lady, and I'm like, random lady at the desk! And she's like, oh, yeah, mm, yes. And I said, here's the deal, I, uh, I thought my flight was actually at 1 o'clock, my flight's actually at 12 o'clock, my mom's a flight attendant, time out. Do you ever start giving details and you realize quickly they don't care about any of, the, any of them at all, even a little, like not even... Time in. So my mom's flight attendant, she told me I need to get her in two hours in advance. I thought an hour 15 would be fine. I thought my flight was at 1 o'clock. It's actually 12 o'clock. Uh, if you could just print my ticket, give me a little bit of grace, I could, you know, squeak through security and then, you know, make my flight. And she goes, oh my gosh, do you know what that sounds like? I was like, I, no, I don't know what that sounds like. She goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds like something you should have thought of two hours ago. <laughs> I was like, oh, does it? It does. It sounds like that. I was like, well, that, you know, I did like the, oh, okay, you're like that, okay, so, um, would you, but would you just print my ticket, have you ever felt crazy? And she goes, you know what else? I'm like, I don't want to know what else. And she goes, I would love to see you try to catch your flight. I said, okay. She prints out the ticket. She hands it to me and just goes, good luck. And I was like, okay. So I took my bags, 
and I began my run, literal run through the airport. Have you guys ever seen Home Alone? And it's one of those days where suddenly there's like a million people in security. And it's just one of those days you're like, I'm never going to see them ever again, right? <laughs> Attention, everyone in the security line! 300 people are like, Phew! and I'm like, it worked. Because no one does that at the airport. No one does that. Here's the deal. I thought my, I thought my flight was actually 1 o'clock. Turns out my flight's actually 12 o'clock. My mom's a flight attendant. And she, again, the details, again, the details, the details. I thought my, she tells me to get there two hours later. I thought that I had it. But here's the deal. It could be a community effort. Who's with me? And um, no one said anything. <laughs> and you, you guys saw it, but you guys missed it. Here's my victory pose. It looked like this. <laughs> Until a tiny nugget-sized girl peers through the crowd. She goes, I'm with you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Awkward. So I get in front of her. Her parents are, felt uncomfortable because no one does this at the airport. They're like, you know, go ahead. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And within two minutes, I'm at the front of the security line, turning back to 300 strangers who are basically in slow motion going like this. You got it. I'm like, yeah, my people. <laughs> Don't do the guns at the airport. Uh, yeah! And I get their security, and that day they happened to be nice by the grace of God. And I, long story short, uh, made my flight that day. Do you ever feel crazy? <laughs> I did something that day that I very rarely do. And I'm not talking about screaming at strangers. Apparently that's normal. <laughs> that day... I asked for help. How good are you at asking for help? Because I'd rather just be fine. Do you ever feel crazy and then feel like you should just put up the I'm fine card and just get through it? Because the weird part is, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always had. Are you content? Or maybe this morning, are you willing to get a little bit crazy to experience God in a crazy way that might actually change a little bit of your crazy, not to be just for you, but also be willing to share your crazy, that people might be able to be Jesus and show you where you can actually bring your crazy, which is not simply the fine card, but actually a God who cares about the crazy can use the crazy for his crazy glory. I don't know about you, but... I want more of him this morning. And I don't want, I, I want to feel like I can be in a place. And I love your slogan on that banner right when you walk up, safe place to belong. And I love that she shares her story and goes, I don't want that just to be a thing that we think sounds nice. I want it to be a place that I believe in. And Jesus provides that place. So let's right now, before we jump into our, our scripture together, God's word to us. Let's all together, don't just listen to me pray. Let's all jump in together and ask. God to meet us precisely where we're at. Not like a future version of us, not like, not just generally come, but like, come near. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to know you more. I do feel, even now, I feel a little bit crazy. So right now, as even I get silent for 30 seconds, Lord, would you hear our prayers as we right now, sitting in our seats, stop being spectators and jump in. Hear our hurts. God, would you hear our 
fears and anxieties. Just as we lean in, God, would you lean in and we encounter you today? But before that, would we just bring all of ourselves right now? Some of us don't know you, Lord. Don't know how to talk to you. Yeah, to be honest, I feel like that's an area I can grow is how to be more honest and open with you versus just keep going and not even consider you. God, we consider you this morning. We ask that you would meet us in a way that changes us. And I pray, Lord, because you're the only one that can do that. We love you. And all God's children said, amen. So I recently... Uh, oh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, the very first book. I, not too long ago, took a trip to Israel. And when I was in Israel, we, I learned something about church, specifically the first century church. And what, the reason is we went and sat in what's called a synagogue. And this particular synagogue was talking about what it would have been like for us to go to church if we were living in the time that Jesus went to church. Isn't that interesting? And so what he wanted to tell us was what church was like when Jesus went to church. What church was like when Jesus went to church? And it was different. See, when Jesus went to church, it was in a synagogue, and this particular synagogue was sharing what the liturgical or like the structure of the service would go. And it started with someone in the middle. There's a reason I'm here. Not just random and just to be entertaining and tap dance around. No, no, no. Uh, see, here's the deal. We, as, as affected by the Greek culture, threw someone on a stage and we all watched them. Back then, well, it was even interesting. As you approached church, the steps, hey, I know you, uh, the steps were uneven on purpose. Because what they didn't want you to do is just walk into, walk into the synagogue like it was just another day. They intentionally had the steps of this particular synagogue uneven because they wanted you to be conscious even as you were approaching church. Interesting. And then everyone would sit in a big circle. Here's why. Look past me. What do you see? People. Because they wanted you to understand, you don't just go to church, you are the church. As you would walk in, you'd just be facing people because it was all about us, right? But then it would start with, similar to how we do worship through music, it would start with praises and blessings and truth about who God is. So people in the community would stand up and go, God is powerful. And everyone's like, ooh. And then someone else would stand up and go, God is healer. And this is how worship began. Everyone just watching everybody else worship in this unique way of proclaiming truth about who God is based on what we need to know about God. And then it was time to open God's word. And what I loved is there was this guy in this particular synagogue who had two jobs. Number one, he was the janitor. So he basically got to clean up the church. And he loved his job, not because of the janitor piece, but because of his other part. His other part was to go over to this place that had the Torah uh, that was called the Torah Clause, which basically held all the scrolls. See, now we have Bibles that are made, like, they're, they're book form, right? Back then it was scrolls, and they had this Torah Closet with all these scrolls. And his job was to bring out the scroll that was going to be read that day. And he loved his job. Here's why. He would never just walk out the scroll. No. <laughs> he would always dance out the scroll. And he's like, <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, and he's like, who, me, what, this, I know. Okay. And everyone in the entire synagogue would go nuts. Can you imagine just, and everyone's like, yeah. 
yeah, and he's like this, and they're like, yeah, and he's like, everybody, this side, this, and everyone's like, yes, and here's why. They weren't cheering for his dancing. They were freaking out because they were so hungry to hear from God that day. Because have you noticed voices right when you walk out those doors are really loud? You know what I mean? The voices that scream, you're crazy. For following Jesus, a guy from tooth, you're crazy. Or have you heard these ones? Um, you're not good enough. You don't deserve. Or even harsh ones like worthless. Have you heard them? Or you only have something to offer if you're the best of the best, making the most, and that's what you have to offer the world. Have you heard these voices? People would go nuts because they go, I've heard these voices, I believe these voices, I want to hear from God. So let me ask you this morning. I want to hear from God this morning. Me too. Genesis chapter 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Like any good book, it, at the very beginning, I'm doing this just for convenience because some of you are really having a hard time. <laughs> In the beginning of this book, it gives away, like any good book, the main character of it. It does not say, in the beginning, you. Doesn't say that. <laughs> Doesn't say, in the beginning, me. Doesn't say, in the beginning, your purpose. Doesn't say, in the beginning, your significance. It very simply gives away the main character. Now, this seems maybe like a really simple idea or something you might agree with. It's this. God is the main character of the story. And who God was is who God is and who God will forever be. So I can say this with confidence. God is the main character of the story. It's so interesting. I was writing it and I feel like I need to say something more profound until I recognized if you lived as if God was the main character, you would be less shocked by the hardship your kids are going through because God might just happen to want to draw them close through it. It may change how you approach hardship in your life. One of my favorite Christian organizations has a really interesting slogan. It's not, a, it's not false. In fact, it's really true. God has a plan for your life. True. Jeremiah, true, right? problem is, what we do with that slogan is we go, God has a great plan for my life. God, what's your plan for my life? My life, my life. What are you doing in my life? What are you, why would this happen for me, God? And then it becomes a question. His role is a supporting actor to my story. Do you see how that happens? I wish that, that a wonderful Christian organization, and I really think it is wonderful, would switch their slogan to this. God has a plan. Colon. And you can be part of it. His plan as the main character is to make himself known and redeem the world back to what he originally intended. And you could be a part of that. Walking into brokenness 
not fully consumed with how that brokenness is affecting your brokenness, but more consumed with what God might do as you walk in for his glory to redeem it. Because God has a plan. And by the way, you're invited. It's not about you, though. But guess what? It absolutely involves you, and your part of it is significant. Some of you don't believe that, and I need you to know that. You'll miss it, though, if I stood up here and said, God has a great plan for your life because I fear that you might run out here and look for what God might do for you versus ask God, what might I do for you? Do you see the difference? It would change even how you approached your barista. I have a dear friend who, she's a barista. She hates it. <laughs> because it's all about their order. She goes, I can really, to be honest with you, my favorite moments are the moments people consider me in the equation. It seems simple, but I feel like it's what we need to hear. In the beginning, God. And if you read this book to find the main character of it, you will not be disappointed, because have you noticed, people aren't as consistent as God is. <laughs> Because who God was is who God is and who God will forever be. So as we read this together and we see what God originally intended and what he wants to bring here on this earth, his plan through you, let's discover who he is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So number one, what do we know about God? Creator. Nailed it. Home run. <laughs> How do you feel? Wonderful. And guess what? So I, I was thinking about it. So this thing, what is this called? Stand. Music stand, right? Uh, what's, the, what's the purpose? Hold stuff. Hold, hold stuff. Good. Can you imagine if it was like on the box? Stand. Hold stuff. Yes, this is good. Marketing guy. And uh, it, its purpose is to hold stuff. That's why it has the lip, right? And then it even, if I were to twist this thing, which, sorry, uh, singer who's going to now be adjusted. Good luck. Uh, but if I, if I adjust it, it's because why? Because some people are tall and then some people are incredibly small. Okay, so this was created on purpose, for a purpose, to hold stuff. Everything, everything that is created is created on purpose with a purpose. That includes you. And here might be the hard truth. Some of you just need to know that. He made you just like that. On purpose. I know you don't fit in. But as she was speaking, I'm like, oh, you'll make a difference in the world by being different than the world. You won't make a difference by just fitting in. He made you on purpose with a purpose. And that doesn't just include you. That also includes, here's the hard reality for me, that includes everybody else. And let's see how he made. So now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the water. So the earth was formless and empty. There was nothing. It was void. It was dark. Yet God was hovering over the waters. So what do we know about God? In the darkness, God is present. In the darkness, God is present. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God brings light to the darkness. And sometimes being exposed is not very comfortable, is it? And God saw that the light was what? 
good. Okay, let's continue. Uh, verse 10, God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was, I love this, with enthusiasm. Good, okay. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it. By the way, always notice patterns in the Bible. It's on purpose. According to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was. Wow. Building enthusiasm. This is getting good. Verse uh, 16, B, he also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. God saw that it was Verse 21, so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was. Verse 25, God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, God saw that it was. Then God said, let us make man in our image not according to their kinds, but rather according to his kind. And isn't it interesting, he says, he starts it off here, then God said, let us, who is us? If you're wondering what questions to text, just ask Mike, say, hey Mike, who's the us? In Genesis chapter one, verse 26. You see, something that we can understand that Mike could probably explain even better is this. There's the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1-1 when we understand where the story started, but the truth is God is eternal, which means he existed way before then. And by way before then, I mean eternally before then. By eternally, I mean beyond anything I could ever imagine. And I'm okay with a God that I can't fully imagine, otherwise he'd be a really small God. And God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's an us existed before Genesis chapter 1, 1. God the Father loved God the Son, who loved God the Holy Spirit, who loved God the Father, who glorified God the Son, who glorified God the Spirit, who glorified God the Father, who fully loved perfectly. So with that in mind, God, the us, had everything before creation, which means when he created, it wasn't because he had a need. He created to share that which he already had. And then he created male and female in his image. What that means is we were created in such a way where we would walk around and give love, give love not out of need, but to share what we already have. Not love people out of a need, but to share the fact that we already are loved. And if you ever wondered how important community is to God, well, God is a community in and of himself and he made you in his image. Let us make man in our image and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are made in the image of the eternally triune God. 
God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, fill the earth, every single corner of the planet with his good, with the knowledge of him. And the temptation is that God has a plan for my life is to fill the earth with your good, to make you known. We were created on purpose with a purpose and it's not to make ourselves known because let's say people are impressed with you. What good news is that for them? <laughs> so how do we get there? How do we live as God intended? I'm glad you asked in your brain as you're sitting there quietly, yes. Let's try this. You in the stripes, what's your name? Right here. Teresa. Hi. So God creates, he goes, good, 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 good. Then he creates humans and says, something else. Chapter 1, verse 31 says this. God saw all that he had made, this is after humans, and it was what? Very good. Teresa. Very good is one of those phrases. It's one of the first descriptors of us, and I believe it matters. And I felt like I could tell the whole room, but I felt like I just wanted to tell you, Teresa. When God created you, he described you as very good, which I believe means this whole, complete, lacking nothing. When God created you, Teresa, he said you lack nothing you need to honor and glorify him with your life. I love it. She goes, right. But if I'm, if I'm guessing correctly, I think a lot of us look in the mirror and rather than feeling whole, complete, lacking nothing, we see what we're lacking. And if Teresa, if you're anything like me, it's tempting. If you're anything like me, it's tempting to compare yourself to the woman on your left with the red. <laughs> if you're anything like me, it's tempting to compare yourself with someone else. And I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt who first said, comparison is the thief of joy. Because when God created red sweater, he goes, perfect, that's exactly how I want you. No different, just like that. But we sometimes don't believe that. When God created you, he said, just how I want you. He's good. And I made you in such a way that I want to make my goodness known all over. Very good. In fact, there's one thing in, in the first two chapters that, that God describes actually as not good. Chapter 2, verse 18. Then God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And all the ladies said, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Are you alone? I'm not talking about whether or not you're in a relationship or if you came here alone. I'm talking about if God's good really is to be fully known. And in fact, just a few verses later, the man and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. That's what God originally intended. Do people really know you? Here. So interesting, I've, I've worked specifically with young adults at a church in Long Beach, and I'll have two best friends come to me, and I'm like, do you guys like really know each other? Because that's God's good. Being alone 
Not being known and hiding is not God's good. Do you guys really know each other? And inevitably, one of the girls goes, for sure, and the other one's like, <laughs> always. Who really knows you? Now, there was one command given. There's a bunch of yes trees and one no tree. And like us in chapter 3, the man and the first woman listened to other voices. The other voice said, did God really say, he said a bunch of stuff like, you can be your own God. He said a bunch of stuff, and we've been listening to those voices ever since. And the first man and the first woman went against God's perfect plan. And if you read on in Genesis chapter 3, you see that they experienced the result of the fall. For the first time, they felt shame. It's so weird. I can't even imagine not feeling shame. But in the name of Jesus this morning, let me remind you that how God created was not to heap shame on you. To come to church was not to heap guilt and shame. In fact, in the name of Jesus, I want to say, shame off you. <laughs> not on you anymore. That's not what God intended. But the problem is the result of the fall is we felt shame we felt the need to hide. They hid from God. They felt anxiety and fear. <laughs> and they also blamed each other. And we've been feeling the results of the fall ever since. But there's some really good news in the garden. Not only is there a foreshadowing of a promise that God says, I will create a way to bring back the broken relationship that we broke. Yes, he promises that. But I love, before he even makes that promise, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he does something really interesting. Chapter 3, verse 9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He just starts with a really simple question, the same one I want to be here with you this morning. Because there's really good news. In the midst of us living our lives as the main character, listening to those other voices, God comes near and starts with a really intentional question. Hey, where are you? And I believe as we open up communion, us coming together and remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, may you remember this this morning. I have this and then one final story. May you remember that this is not the story of people pursuing God, but a story of God pursuing really imperfect people. Not just Adam and Eve, that includes you. And maybe this morning you want to spend time praying also for someone else that needs to know that God doesn't run away from you and your wretchedness, does not run away from you when you feel shame, does not run away when you're hiding. He comes really close. And as we go to the table this morning, may we draw close to him, acknowledging and believing the truth that even in the midst of our chaos, God comes to us. Where are you? And lastly, just a little last story on community. I've worked at this camp called Hume Lake for 10 years now. I used to run the, uh, work in a team that got to run the high school program. In the past four years, I've run adult ministries uh, with another team. <clears throat> and I remember specifically when I would work with the high school. And I remember I wanted students to understand God's good. God's good is community. What you have here is God's good. The isolated, I'd rather stay at home. <laughs> you feel that sometimes, right, on Sunday mornings? Should we really go all the way? I mean, we could just hang out. I mean, there's a live stream. <laughs> Not good. God's good is here. And so I would walk in, i go, oh my gosh, high schoolers, who wants to play a game? I'd walk into a cabin, so there'd be like 10 girls. I'm like, who wants to play a game? And these high schoolers would go, oh my gosh, I do. <laughs> I want to play a game. I'm like, do you want to play a fun game? They go, yes. 
I would love to. I'm like, great, great, great. Everyone get in a circle, get in a circle. And they'd all get in a circle. I go, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. This is going to be so fun. And they're like, yeah, fun. And I go, here's the game. It's called, if you really knew me, you would know. And then you just fill in the blank. Fun game, fun game. <laughs> and I remember one girl one time was like, that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it doesn't? No, no, it's God's good, God's good. If you really knew me, you would know what? God's good is community. And I'd start. <laughs> if you really knew me, you would know. Actually, this is true. Well, I, I would go like this. We're going to play a game. We'll start really shallow and go deep, deep, deep. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> shallow, but true. If you really knew me, you'd know I have a dog. Her name is Abercrombie. I named her when I was 16. Now I'm embarrassed, so we call her Abby. <laughs> and the high school girls are like, I don't get it. I'm like, you'll figure it out. Uh, that's fine. They all go talk about their animals, and then it would go to me. <laughs> Round two, a little deeper. If you really knew me, my friends, you would know um, that I have a cousin who is mentally and physically handicapped uh, in almost every way imaginable. And for that reason, since I was 12, I've always hated when people use the word retarded, especially to hurt someone. Nothing that makes me more angry. They all go around the room. Round three, by the way, I would say half the girls are crying. And I would tell them two rules to the game. Number one, share. Share, be known. Number two, though, the second level of the game, if you really get good at the game, it's this. Listen with the drive to love. That's the hardest part, by the way. People think sharing's hard. No, 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 no. Listening and not making that game about you is even harder. But I believe it's God's good. So it goes around the room. Level three, usually at that point, I'd go, hey, counselor, I have to get going. So, And I'd sneak out. The next day, one particular summer, I get up, and my job was to be on the, on the microphone. A thousand high schoolers are playing games. And I'm like, everyone behind your cone, next relay race. And they all start running back to their cone. And then suddenly, one kid jumps out, and he's dressed as a banana. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Ah, like, everyone's a banana. And everyone like, looks at the banana, and the banana just starts running. I'm like, that's funny. Look at the, and I'm like, everybody, banana, banana, and the banana's running. And then on the other team, high school, high school, high school, kid jumps out, dressed as a gorilla. And I'm like, this is great. To the death, right? And so now gorilla is chasing banana, right? And, it's, and everyone's like cheering, like, gorilla, gorilla, and everyone's like, banana. And then suddenly the banana falls, and, and I'm like, banana split, and everyone's like, ah, and then... The gorilla shouts out, you're such a retard. One girl who just so happened to be a sophomore in high school from the night before runs from her cone, stands beside me, puts her arm around me and goes, you don't have to be alone on that one anymore. My friends, God's good is very simple. Being with God with others, may be exposed to people really know you, because if they don't, they won't know how to love you. And then there's the second part. Are you listening to those around you, listening with the agenda of love? Why? Because when God created you, he created you in his image, made for community, not to receive love, but to share the abundance of the fact that you already are loved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for already loving us. And as we enter into a time of literally standing up and approaching the table that reminds us of your sacrifice, the sacrifice that made it possible for us to be in a relationship with you, 
as we stand to our feet and walk forward and remember, would we remember that first you came to us? And God, would you give us the courage after this service to maybe ask a few intentional questions, listen for answers, and even have the courage to share? Because both in our strengths and in our weaknesses, we put you on display. Would we join with you in your plan of redeeming the world back to yourself the way you originally intended? Thank you, Lord, that we can take the pressure of the story being about us. We can take that pressure off and step in and be reminded that there's a wonderful story being told. Would we step in to play our part, supporting your main character part? Thank you for being on the move, and thank you for choosing to use us. To you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming today. Why don't you all stand? Um, I'm going to do the blessing today. What a privilege. <laughs> thank you so much. We, we, we really love you guys. And um, so, all right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Well, say hi to somebody if you want to. Give someone a hug, high five, you know, be nice. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com slash participate.